Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Well, hello there. Fancy meeting you guys here. I can see my voice is a little growly this morning, but welcome to the show. It's March 30th. My brother turned 70 friggin' five today. Oh, God almighty. And my sister is on the line. Hi, Suze. Hi, which means that I'm about to turn 70. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> if Bill's 75, well, then this year I'm 70. So we're all in the same decade again. That's nice. Oh, dear God in heaven. That's the power of being the baby. The fact that you're miserable that your older brother is 75 is not half as miserable as the fact that your younger sister is 70. <laughs> no, I know. It's true. And I'm stuck in the list. Wow. Dang it. Jeez. That's old farts. It's unbelievable. Speaking yeah, we're just old, old farts. Somebody dredged up a an hour television special that I wrote um, to celebrate the career of this wondrous uh, television, beloved television anchor man, uh, Paul Long, his name was. And, um, and they put it out on <laughs> Twitter. And I just looked at it for a second. And oh my God, I will put it, we'll post it on my, on the Facebook page, but because it, it, you know, it's a good thing if you want to go back in Pittsburgh broadcasting history, but the thing, the dress I'm wearing and my hair is so mind boggling that I, you know, I have to get by that to, to disseminate this further. Oh my God. The year would be 1980-something, right? Susan, I have on this pink silk fancy-schmancy dress that I remember that I didn't know. They, they, you know, they put it on you, yes. Lent it to me. I remember thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. It has shoulder pads, Susan, that are easily out five inches from my real shoulder on both sides. Yeah, you could play left tackle for the Packers in it. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's unbelievable. It is just unbelievable. And I guess that's, so that's the era of those huge shoulders and huge hair to match the shoulders. I guess your head. Well, your, hair, your head had to get bigger or, or it would look right. ridiculous sitting on those shoulders. No. Oh, my God. You can't imagine. Anyway, we'll put it out there because it's, it, I'm sure it's, I mean, I don't know, whatever. God. And I used to just walk around with those great big shoulders in my little head because my hair never, ever got big. <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh, God. <laughs> I was not a big hair girl. It wasn't possible. So. Well, there was a, a family picture that was sent around the other day, Susan Will will tell you, of a Passover meal, a Seder, <laughs> at her home. And we, did we figure out it was 1983? I think it's 1983. And, so um, it's the same, yeah, okay, yeah, same yeah. time. And, um, God, we were all so young. But 
the reason the pictures are so wonderful. Well, I'll let you tell it. It's a picture of the center. Well, it's a picture. Uh, it's a picture uh, featuring our father, who um, apparently had been out for a walk earlier before the Seder started with my husband. And as it happens in Missouri, one second it's beautiful, and the next second a, a, a rainstorm came up, and they got stuck and drenched. And my father, who our father who was visiting, did not have an extra pair of pants. <laughs> and he didn't fit into. And he didn't fit into pants. my into my husband. My, our our dad was six two, and and sort of on the thinnish side, and my husband was five nine and sort of on the Santa Claus side. Um, so uh, <laughs> at least in the, at that point, and uh, so no, the clothes did not interchange. Bill was there, but he probably only had one pair of pants too, and he was too skinny. But anyways, long story short, the picture shows <laughs> us all at the seder table, um, with uh, dressed beautifully from the waist up, sitting at the table, and then the side view shows my father pantsless. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a, that was a tradition in our family because we never had a whole drawer yeah, full of yarmulkes. So, but we always we had plenty of hats. Yeah, yeah skull caps that you're supposed to wear. So people are wearing like I mean, it is the cutest, funniest. But the other thing in that picture that freaked me out was you could barely see me because of my hair. The hair. The, it was just this blob, huge blob of big hair sitting there. Oh my God! <laughs> and and the wonderful thing about that seder was um, um, the this wonderful woman that worked from for for our family from very early on. We grew up together, Virgie and I. We be, we're still very very close. Uh, we've gone through. The, the highest and the lowest of each other's lives together our whole life. Um, and that night she was in the kitchen helping me. And as we're having the Seder, uh, all of a sudden out of the kitchen comes this most beautiful voice that Virgie had. And she's singing, Let My People Go. <laughs> Which is in perfectly in line with Which is a Passover song. We were doing. <laughs> and then, unhappily, um, uh, years later, when my husband was later, dying, when, um, um, he he produced his own funeral, decided what he wanted in it, knowing he was dying, and um, he insisted that Virgie. He wanted her whole church sing. choir, which she said she couldn't deliver <laughs> on a moment's notice. <laughs> uh, oh my God! But Virgie well, got I up. Virgie got up and we were in a we were in a um it was a Jewish uh, burial chapel uh and and it's uh where all of the very religious Jews were buried from and my husband who was catholic by birth had requested that he be buried as a Jew and uh so we were using the burger memorial and uh, and I had warned them that it was going to be a rather large funeral, but they didn't believe me. And uh, we were overflowing. They took over the whole place and we're out in the parking lot. And it was a yeah. rather uh, incredible tribute to my husband. But 
Um, he had asked Virgie to sing, and Virgie came um, <laughs> decked out for the occasion in red satin and um, and oh. and ruby rhinestone earrings and a ruby necklace, and and came from the back of the chapel, walking slowly up the main uh, aisle of the chapel, aisle. going, "Yeah, I didn't know he was listening. I didn't know he was <laughs> singing." Oh, Lord, help me do this right. Oh, Lord, help me, help me. And she walks, she walks up and she stands at what we would call the bima at the dais, at the pulpit. And in this Jewish place, out comes. Belts out. Yeah. Take me home, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I loved it. Yep. It there were chills wonderful. going down everybody's spine. She couldn't have done it better. She couldn't have <laughs> picked anything more appropriate for the moment. And this oh. largely white audience was just sitting there, you know, like with their eyes open and their mouths open. And at the end, when she was done, um, they couldn't help it. They just started clapping. <laughs> right. Well, you forget she dragged her sister up there with her. She dragged her, her sister, sister to sing back yeah. up. Yeah. Right. They were just amazing. And and the other thing, not that we want to dwell on wondrous Eric's. Well, you have to. So just so you understand, and I'm sure you can tell by the way we're talking about it. My husband's funeral was this glorious <laughs> memory. I mean, it was uh, it was the incredible gift that he gave all of us because we enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. we enjoyed it. Everybody enjoyed it. Uh, I still hear from people that say they've never been to anything like it, and they, and and they felt like they had really been through something. I said, "Well, that was Eric's last production. There you go." It was. He was always, yeah, he, man. So he had insisted that I be the MC, essentially, of this <laughs> production, which was, you know, fine, but. Right before he died, I had a very bad fall, which resulted in me having a huge black eye, a dislocated and broken shoulder, and um, your I, arm. Yeah, well, your arm was in a sling. My, yeah. my arm was in a sling, and I returned from the funeral and ended up having. A four and a half hour surgery. It well, was because you bad. fell again, again, and broke the bone further. Right. So it doesn't matter. So I'm up there, and I have this black eye, and I'm in a sling, and I'm in charge of this wondrous event. <laughs> and I said, "Gee, Susan, I mean, what are people going to think? I mean, I I look like." And Susan gave me the line that got me out. She said, "You just tell them that it is an old Jewish custom." that when you are in mourning for someone, you just haul off and slug yourself in the eye. Isn't that what you told me? <laughs> I said, I said, like I said, I said you slug yourself in the eye and you throw yourself on the ground in mourning. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, and so I told them that, and I was just overcome and I went a little too far. So that started the laughter in the, this thing was, Amazing, amazing, and um, yeah. And there's one or two good voices in our family that also sang. I mean, it was a real yeah. production. Yeah, it was. Um, 
So, (laughs) how are we talking about this? How did we end up on this? Oh, because we were talking about the Seder. Virgie. We were talking about the Seder. Virgie. Yeah, that's right. Virgie. That's what happened. Oh, dear. So, okay. Now, you you have a busy day, speaking of family and other stuff. Are you and mom today going to this uh, production shoot? No, no, no. Today, my son and my daughter-in-law and my grandchildren come to visit us which is extremely exciting for Babu, and they get to spend the night. Um, uh, And yes, I had arranged that uh, uh, Mother and I have been asked to do a PSA for the uh, Green Bay viewing audience on uh, on getting your vaccinated. (laughs) So I'm not so So sure. She's going to be... Well, I think they love the idea of having a 98-year-old woman and her daughter and how you got your vaccines, and they're going to... Um, I don't know what they're going to do, but we're, well, I, I changed the date to Thursday so be so that I okay. didn't interfere with my visitors. But yes, we, we report at 2 o'clock on Thursday for hair and makeup and uh, wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a riot. Yeah. Well, I heard mom say, I'll do my own makeup. Yes, I said they aren't touching me, and I said, and I, and I said to the woman that said report for hair and makeup, I said, um, okay, as long as I don't look like any makeup, I'm wearing any makeup because I sort of made a rule that if men have to, if we got used to looking at men naturally and don't require them to tart themselves up for us to find them attractive, I think that it's time for us women to accept our natural beauty. That's yeah, it, indeed. So I have to tell you, speaking of families, there is something that, you know, I, I'm i always reading the um, obituaries. Yeah. We'll get, off, we'll get off this death thing in just a minute. <laughs> but as you see, it entertains <laughs> us and makes us laugh, so. <laughs> so, yeah. So I noticed this obit yesterday, and then it was repeated today, and I, I, I don't want to upset this family any more than I think it probably already is. The laughter might not be helping your sister. (laughs) I noted, well, I'm not going to give the name, okay? So I noted this very long uh, obituary um, about uh, the matriarch of uh, of a large Italian family here. And uh, she was an immigrant, you know, and the blah, 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 blah. And she created this huge family. Her children are doctors and lawyers. And, you know, it's just a real American success story. And when I read it yesterday, I thought, wow, that's really wonderful life. And today it was back again. And I noted that. But at the very end of all the obits, I see her name again. I'd already gotten through her obit, but at the end, there it was again, her name and a picture of her. And it is a letter written by, it's signed your loving son, Alfonso. And in it, that when I saw that and read his letter, I went back to the obit, and he's not listed as a. Ah, he got thrown out of the family. I, 
I, there's no Alfonso in the, yeah. And so I guess he saw that he wasn't in the obituary. He wrote this other thing. And in it, he says, my mother always had a soft spot in her heart for me. I believe it was because she named me after her father. She very much enjoyed coming to my house daily with my father to have dinner and spend time with my wife and our four children. And then he goes into this thing where he was so clearly very much a part of her life. I so How could they leave him out? It says just a few years back, he took her back to Italy and, um, But then it gets a little weird again. It gets weird. He mentions a villa that someone in the family had purchased for her. And um, clearly, maybe that was another brother. I don't know. But, you know, to air your, this is, wow. You guys, you got to do the obits. I'm telling you, it is just a constant. (laughs) It's sort of like, you know, walking through a cemetery, you can find stories and and stuff. And it's just, uh, wow. Um, So anyway, there's something, something awry in that family that played out in the obits. That's all I'm saying. Well, that's, then, you know, <laughs> what? They, family should be careful. They, there are all sorts of ways to bring humiliation upon the family. <laughs> well, this didn't help, Penny. No. I'm sure. If, if Alfonso was on the outs before or if there was discord before, uh, it is only more so uh, now. I mean, um, Alfonso could also be making the whole thing up and, you know, and that that's well, the source of the discord from the family. And, you know, you have no idea that could have all been a piece of fiction. Oh, it has so much detail in it. No, I, I would mean, argue, would I would argue that makes it even more fictional. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, uh, Barbara has a remark on uh, shoulder pad. She says... Did you suffer from shoulder pad buildup, especially in the winter? What? All right, pads upon pads upon pads. Oh, yes. She said sometimes I wore four shoulder pads at one time. I'd have a camisole-type undergarment with shoulder pads, a blouse with shoulder pads, a suit jacket with shoulder pads, and finally a coat with shoulder pads. Right. Oh, my God. Well, you know, that coincided. That, that must have come from. That was when women really came into the workforce. Uh, workforce. And you, be, Believe uh, me, when I was a young lawyer, that's what I was yeah, wearing, great big right. shoulder pads. Right. And it must have been the, uh, you know, fashion designers are the ones that come up with this crap. It must have been a way to what make us look more formidable or something. Sure. Or yeah. Or do you say formidable? Um, I formidable. You do formidable. I think, so. I, think I say them both. I think that is one of those words that I say however I feel like it. Yeah. Well, I must have been feeling formidable. Formidable. 
Hey, I boxed yesterday, so I am. I don't have to do that today. I did well, it yesterday, good. and uh, and my coach tells me I'm getting pretty formidable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be I'll be very careful not to get you upset next time I'm in your. Uh, You're in no danger unless you, I've got you on your shortest setting, and you don't move. <laughs> oh, God. God. Um, and I'm, I'm, I know I say this all the time, guys, but I got to tell you, especially if you are old like me, start boxing. It is so good for your, I know you're not going to believe me, you. your brain. It's so good. Oh, it's so good for your brain. And then you find out that you've got all of this pent up anger in you. <laughs> no, see, I, you do. I don't. I don't want to hit anything. Yeah. No, that's, you know, I don't think that's true, dear sister. I think you have, you have trained yourself to think you don't want to hit anything. And instead, you're just oh. stuffing it all inside. I, it took me several months just not to pull my punches because we girls are trained to pull punches. You know what? I can't even, I can't hit an egg. I want to tell you this. This is something, this is one of those things that right before I'm about to crack an egg, I have to say to myself, now just hit it. Because I do this sort of little eat. I don't want to also swat a fly. I always seem to miss. I can't bear hitting anything. Can't. Can't. I don't know what it is. I don't know what that is. I can't crack an egg. I can't hit a fly. I can. <laughs> I took a shower the other day. Sisters, it's amazing. A, yeah. <laughs> I took a shower the other day and I saw this like little, little sort of baby spider, um, racing um uh, he must have been you know I, I don't know he was in the drain or something and all of a sudden water started he was like getting he was wet and he was trying desperately to get away and he did he sort of cleared the and I thought oh I see you'll make it and I could just see he was on right where the water was and I I imagined him like going like because <sighs> he couldn't get any farther and he and and and, and I you know, all through the shower I kept sort of looking at him checking on him and and then when it was over, I saw that he was really sort of curled up in a ball. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> no. I said, you didn't. You Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It ruined my day. I left him there thinking maybe he'll, you know, come come out of this. <laughs> that body of that little spider wrapped up in a ball was in my um, bathroom for 24 hours. I couldn't bear to pick him up or whatever. And I finally, I, I just felt so bad. For okay. Him. Well, I on, really be, on behalf of your whole audience, let me just say, you're nuts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would, maybe I would uh, I, don't I had a so 
similar circumstance. I was lying on my back on the floor of, of uh, the bedroom here and uh, looking up at the ceiling doing Pilates and a spider was walking right across the ceiling over me. And I tried to ignore him. I did. But um, eventually I got up and I, too, was not trying to kill him. I just wanted him off the ceiling. Uh, but I think I swatted him. I brushed him too hard with the magazine that got oh, him down. And then I thought the only thing, because I don't like to kill spiders. They're good. You want spiders no, kill good. the things yeah. you don't want. So right. um, I don't like to kill spiders. But the only thing worse than a spider that you can see is a spider that you can't see that you know is there. Especially if it's your bedroom and he might be in your bed. So. I then had to spend another hour and a half looking for the curled up remains of the spider <laughs> on a white carpet, but I found him. So, and I did pick him up. I did not leave him there for 24 hours out of total uh, remorseful Sanity. misery. I don't right. know. Oh God. And then later I saw another little one, a little bit bigger, same kind. And I, I was so happy to see him. I said, I'm really sorry. What happened to your brother? I know I'm nuts. I know do, you, I know. do you think anybody is actually listening to us? <laughs> oh, okay. I forgot. <laughs> this is the way we sound when we just call each other. <laughs> okay, okay. I forgot. I did. Um, uh, oh, geez. Get to work. Hey, then, all right. Well, it is work. It's work. I'm working. I'm working here. I'm working here. So what's your take on the Derek Chauvin trial? And I'm just going to keep saying that. Derek Chauvin. Well, I'm not watching because. I just don't want anybody to say I the can. George Floyd trial anymore. I'm so I sick of that. Well, that's right, because it's not. I want to. Um, I, I can't. I and I'll no, it's like finding out the vote at the of the Amazon unionization and this. I just want the jury to come back with the right thing and and get there. Well, it's got to you know it's a, it it requires a unanimous verdict and um, I I just you know, you know okay I just can't it. imagine how you can come up with anything else. I was had a uh, well, you could say that about a million other. Oh, I know you could. Uh, of course well, you could. So, yeah. Nine, nine always... minutes and whatever seconds the new time is. Um, uh, I'm sorry. That's that's all oh. but that's all but first degree murder. I mean, it's not first right. degree murder and because I... Chauvin did not wake up at eight o'clock that morning and say, I'm going to kill George Floyd. So the requisite intent for first degree murder is not there. Although I would argue that he had nine minutes to form that intent. Um, and I would have included that, uh, claiming that that nine oh, minutes well, absolutely gave him the time to uh, decide yeah. that I'm, no, I'm just going to kill this person. But it, legally, that's a hard, that's a that, uh, first degree murder now. But anything else? You just want you want to convict. You want to convict. You want you want you want it to be a bad defense to say that that cop was acting the way he was trained. Well, that's exactly what he did say. I saw I know that's he what he said. He I don't said want that defense to work. Man was just doing what he was trained to do. Yeah, I guess kill unarmed black people. God almighty. Unbelievable. 
Well, and when you have it, you know, side by side with the white insurrectionists who were killing police officers, and you have the same people that would, that don't care about Mr. Floyd's demise, saying that they weren't frightened by those white people, but if they'd been black, they would have been frightened. And that's what gives Chauvin the right to say that that man's mere existence was a threat to him. Well, that's right. Because that's, that's the argument. Well, that's how the senator from Wisconsin clearly has said, I wasn't afraid of those guys. Yeah, that attacked the Capitol. No, if they'd been Black Lives Matter, people, I would have been. Yeah. Well, he's but that the is truth. the defense. That's the, that's the crux of the defense that by yeah. virtue of his male blackness, he is, I hate to say this, an existential threat. Why do you hate to say that? Because I hate the word existential. It's, uh, yes. it's, and everybody is using it now. Uh, you know, it, 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 just say he's a threat. His very existence makes him a threat. That is correct. I just want you to know that Gigi has written that she was enjoying the show. <laughs> she says, Lynn and Susan, you guys are a breath of fresh air. I love listening to you two. Your conversations remind me of the conversations my sister and I have. See? She I know. the good work. I'm just, I'm just saying, and oh, but yesterday, I, I, I just want to say that I, I said something, somebody said, I forget how it came up. We were talking about language and how, you know, the caller was saying that if I moved to Mexico, I'd learn Spanish and, uh, or Mexican, he said, <laughs> he said, I've learned Mexican and then realized his errors. I mean, uh, Spanish and it reminded me, and I couldn't think of which politician it was, some I thought it was a president who was going for his first trip to South America, who to Latin America, who said, "Okay, you know, and I don't speak Latin." <laughs> and I could that had to be I a Bush. <laughs> no, that's what I was thinking. It had to be a Bush. But as it turns out, and I want to thank uh, our friend Josh for for sending this. Uh, the answer to me, it was almost a Bush. It was a Bush vice president, Dan. Quail. Well, of course it was. He uh, of course. How do you spell yes. potato? Spell potato. P o t a t o e. O e. It's got a toe. Uh, that potato. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but I don't know Latin. Um, okay. Jeez. And I just want you to know he had a law degree, okay? So well, so do I. So there goes that. I, I mean, know. I just I want to point out that there are law schools for all of us, uh, and uh, and you can well, uh, you can learn I, as much or as little as you want. Yeah. So there was this thing um, where I guess uh, the Times, New York Times, asked uh, readers to think about how the soundscape of their lives changed um, during this pandemic year. And what, if they think about it, what was different? Why are you laughing? Because the soundscape. 
What? Susan? Uh, well, I, well you, I don't think it's true. I'm laughing because the soundscape has has become uh, one of, uh, of mostly silence punctuated by loud farting. <laughs> well, that's interesting because nobody said that here, but I, yeah, okay, that's, that's what you and mom have been up to? <laughs> that's what old ladies do. <laughs> television on it so it's very, always been quiet what I have noticed though because I stopped using my sound machine that I always put on when I went to sleep white noise I for some reason stopped during the pandemic not because I made a point of it I just stopped and so now I can sleep again without that damn thing isn't that wonderful? Yeah, it is wonderful because I like night okay. sounds. Okay, so yeah, so there I am. I'm able to sleep now in total quiet. But what I have noted more and more is how much sounds, how many sounds and noises the house itself makes. Mm -hmm. It's constantly, and sometimes, some sometimes. It's an odd sound. I think, what the hell was that? I don't know. It settles. It creaks. I mean, this is when I'm not. I'm not going to get a floor creaking. The you hear a weird sound. The kitchen makes a lot of noise. So the the refrigerators, you know, make a noise. Appliances all of a sudden do stuff. The heat clicks on and off. I mean, yeah, the yeah, wind stuff. blows and the house creaks. Yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff. So um, other people said a the things that they and a lot of people have said they noted uh birds and the song bird song a lot more than they they did um but uh somebody else said um what they remember thought of most is my children who always seem to interrupt me uh while i'm doing a you know a business uh, like a zoom meeting or a call and 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 this woman says the most memorable was when my older daughter came in yelling that her sister pooped again. <laughs> <laughs> and another one said that there are two words or three, if you count a contraction as two, that she heard over and over. And it is true. And this has to do with Zoom, too. You're muted. <laughs> like you can, like you can hear somebody screaming. You're muted. Muted. You're muted. <laughs> okay, just saying. Um, and from the science section today, because we do this when Susan's on, we give you the sea slug. Yeah, I really, why? Because they're sort of like slimy, kind of. They're like just slugs. because slugs in general are just sluggy. 
you know, I remember when I first lived in Pittsburgh. I don't know why I never saw a slug in Green Bay or any. I don't either. They're all over the place. But in Pittsburgh, there, just in my, there were always, and somebody told me, yeah, drop salt on them, watch what happens. So I did, and it's just incredible, you know. They just like, they shrivel up, disappear. It is disgusting, actually, even more. So I was doing that out on the sidewalk. Wait a minute, you who can't kill a spider was that? That's the dripping salt on slugs. Yes, that's the point. And a little boy said, you should stop that. And I said, what? And he said, you're hurting them. And it's interesting because this was, I didn't have an ounce of empathy for the slugs. None. So it just goes to show that I don't know what, I don't know. Anyway, let's go to the sea slug. So they're, they're, they're researchers and they do research on slugs. And, and one researcher one day goes in to see this, uh, you know, the slugs and they're all in a, a tank because they're sea slugs. And she sees that one of them has been decapitated. And she thought, what the hell? What the hell? How could it be? It was just a body, and it was sort of moving, but it didn't have a head. And then she noticed the head, totally on the other side of the tank, eating algae. (laughs) 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 Scenes of the quarantine praying head in the bucket. part no it, no only one does the head the head because if the can head still eat. does a total regeneration in three weeks uh the well, heart that's one way to get a new bod a new body in just three weeks three weeks <laughs> and that's the truth and what's amazing is they figured out that the reason they self-capitate they they Self-decapitate. Self-decapitate. Right. And then they self-capitate, right? They no, go, they rebody no, themselves. No, no, they they, they're capitate. Their, their head is always there. Right, right, right. That's right. So <laughs> they think they can't absolutely prove that these sea slugs ditch their bodies when they become infected in some way. And so they think, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm getting out of here. And so they somehow decapitate themselves. I'm just saying. I wonder, they must just eat their body off. Chew their body off. No, because the body's floating around still in there. No, but I don't mean that they eat it. I mean they sever it. Oh, they, they sever it. Right, right, right. And they say that the wound heals within a day. I gotta tell you. Oh, Lynn wants to be heard on old people farting. This yes. is good. <laughs> I know how to pick out universal subjects. I just want to put that down. Okay. Okay. It says here, someone said the reason old people do this 
is because for some reason, our mouths hang open more as we age. And we swallow more air? Something about the jaw and breathing. I guess. But that's why. Either way, aging is hideous. Well, it ain't a lot of fun. Yeah, it? I don't know. Hey, I'm just changing. Oh, you know I'm just hey, changing listen. my Native American name with to farts with abandon. I mean, I. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here though is this is interesting. So, yeah, we're filled with. Uh, I had my final, you know, appointment with the surgeon who did my back. Yeah. Uh, about three weeks ago. Yeah, and you know they do an X-ray every time, so we were looking at the X-ray. And I see like these, like these black sort of shadowy areas um, in the, you know, in the area around my spine. And I said, why are all those, what is that? Why is that all that? And the doctor said, it's gas. <laughs> so... <laughs> And I wasn't feeling especially gaseous at that point, but the minute he said, I thought, what? I mean, it was, he says, these are your intestines, upper, lower, and they're filled with gas. Those were farts waiting to happen. I rest my case. Okay. Just saying. Okay. Speaking of bodies and, you know, humans who cannot really decapitate themselves and get another body. There was another piece about, um, I don't know if this was in the science section, you know, uh, Scott Kelly, the astronaut, the brother of the yes. now Senator, the Mark, yes. who spent, yes, yes, Scott is, a, is the guy who did a year on the International Space Station, uh, you know, literally gave his body to science research. Yeah. And, um, they are now saying that, do you know, his heart shrunk by almost 30%. Because it didn't the have to work as hard? Or? Yes, because without gravity, the heart does not have to pump as hard. And because it's a muscle, it also loses some fitness. So it atrophied. Because it, doesn't, it atrophied. Well, that's so. That's and, different. That's that's what I was asking because uh, an enlarged heart is a bad thing. So you would think that a smaller, more efficient heart might be good. But if it's atrophying and losing strength, that's not good. Well, but here, what? And then they also found that a long distance endurance swimmer, and this is some guy who looks like a Frenchman because I can't pronounce the name. He attempted to swim across the Pacific Ocean. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people have these amazing. I know. Jeez, God Almighty! <laughs> I mean, I just think it's weird. Like you know, I don't even want to do a length of mother's pool. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I know. This guy wanted to swim across the Pacific Ocean. Not, not in one. He had what he did is he would swim for. Um, up to 16 hours, I guess. And then get in the boat, right. Then he would get in the boat that was, you know, with him and uh, sleep for eight hours. So his body was always horizontal, almost always horizontal. It was also being buoyed up, buoyed up 
in the water, which is a lot like being in space, right? Because right. your, bo- your body is essentially, uh, there's a, it's like weightlessness. And you know what? His heart. They didn't think it would happen because he's exercising strenuously for 16 hours a day, swimming the Atlantic or the Pacific Ocean. And his heart shrank almost exactly as much as Kelly's. And the doctors were stunned. They had thought his heart would get bigger because of the exercise he was doing. Well, the, yeah, the body's really sort of amazing. So the interesting thing is what happens to it next. Do they tell you that after the year is over in recovery? Does the heart uh, build back up yes. healthily? Yes. It says Kelly's heart has, uh, yeah, gotten back uh, to normal. And, I mean, it, you have to work at it. And, and uh, uh, you know, we lost a lot of bone mass. That's almost returned to normal. Um, while he was in space trying to keep this stuff that he knew would be happening from, he, he exercised a lot, used resistance machines and uh, treadmills and stationary bikes, and he still couldn't stave off the whatever. So they're, they're now refiguring maybe the kind of, uh, the kind of exercise that astronauts let's say heading to Mars or something would would need to do right to keep from damaging uh, their because eventually right you uh, you'll atrophy past the point of efficiency <laughs> yeah yeah so that's sort of interesting okay I have a great quote from Albert Einstein showing he had a sense of humor apparently he was caught wearing stripes and plaid at the same time. I don't know what. He might have had on a plaid shirt and his pants had stripes in them. I think more likely his his pants were plaid and his shirts were striped. Okay. Well, he had a great comeback to somebody who said, what? You're wearing stripes with plaid? He said, once you can accept the universe as matter expanding into nothing that is something, wearing stripes with plaid comes easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's right about that. Yeah. <laughs> if you could wrap your head around the stuff he was wrapping his head around. I no, I mean, I think I, I honestly just had that conversation with their mother about, I think it was about, um, Oh, it was about religion and the cosmos and, you know, and and saying that religion comes to be because man can't accept nothingness or eternity, um, you know, which is sort of one and the same, you know, to think that the universe just goes on forever and that there's no end is um, is. Yeah, it hurts your head. It, it hurts, hurts your head. head. So you so you design a system that keeps you from having to think about that. Um, yeah. But you know, I think uh, I still I do try and once I accepted that I that it was like that and I just didn't have to be afraid of it. Here I was anyway. I felt much better about things. Hmm. 
when you when you realize that 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 knowledge doesn't really affect your standing where you're standing or your tomorrow or your yesterday particularly then you can let it go a little bit yeah but some people can't i mean it's yeah i don't know anyway susan yes I saw somewhere that CNN is going to be asking its uh, people to start coming back into the studio and, uh, you know, as things start getting a little more normal. But get this, Fox News, which has been front and center promoting skepticism about uh, COVID and about uh, vaccines, they, their corporate masking. No, they will not return to their Manhattan offices until at least Labor Day for their health and safety, according to Murdoch, Blackman Murdoch. Well, of course. You you always look at what they do, not Not what what they they say. say. Do you believe it, though? They are being more careful. Ha! than CNN. Well, CNN has its own perils because it is headquartered in uh, Georgia. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I'm going to use FedEx, not UPS, Lowe's, not Home Depot. I'm going to drink, thank God, ginger ale, uh, Seagram's instead of Coca-Cola. Um, well, let's uh, let's talk about that. Not eating any ginger peaches, uh, uh, Georgia peaches. Um, there's a hundred companies <clears throat> that are headquartered in. Well, this is an interesting thing you're bringing up because those companies. Let's just go to Atlanta because you do have CNN, you've got Delta Airlines, you've got Coca-Cola, and you have Home Depot. Let's just stay with those right now. All of those corporations were very, very vociferous in coming out in support of Black Lives Matter, right? That's right. And they were also very much so there for gay rights, and they came out. They do it. They come out and put pressure on, and lo and behold, these legislatures back away because they don't want to lose these huge, huge employers with their good jobs. It has been noted that in this most recent outrage, it's really silent. There has been nary a peep from all of these so-called very concerned corporations who really cared about black lives. And they stand by while black people's ability to vote is being no i'm i'm real serious about this i mean i i I, I, it's not that hard and and um and this is the united states and the states all function you know as as a whole and the other 49 get to tell this one that people have a right to vote and one of the ways we get to vote is with our economic power and we need to the use The thing them. is, Susan, these other states, there's a million states waiting in line to do the same kind I know. of legislation. So we'll see. But I was thinking the same thing. I drink Diet Coke. That's gone. I'll never buy another. I'm doing Pepsi. Uh, you know, you avoid if you start flying Delta. 
You do not, you don't do Home Depot you, as much as you can, but it works, especially if you let them know you are doing That's it. right. Now, S- Senator Warnock, the, um, the, the black pastor who, who was one of the two uh, uh, Democratic senators that uh, was elected in this last uh, election, he's called this out. And he said, I have seen these corporations falling over themselves every year around the time of the King holiday, celebrating Dr. King. Well, I need to, I want to tell them that the way you celebrate Dr. King is to stand up for what he represented, and that's voting rights. That's right. You know why they don't? I mean, stop and think about it. First of all, corporations probably prefer having Republicans. Well, of course they do. Their tax situation is they get to keep all the money. Right. So it gets a little too close to home for Sorry. And it's harder. What? That's too bad. Yeah. And it's harder for them to pretend and to profess concern. I mean, think of all these, the NFL and all in Nike and all these ads about Black Lives Matter. And well, and I mean, baseball right now, the all-star game right. in Atlanta this year, it should be pulled immediately. Yeah, it's just total. And all yeah. of those sports teams that that exist, in they should be, you know, the, the first ones up there is going, uh, you know, I, I no, just. we're not comfortable here. Yeah, exactly right. So this needs to be, it's not, it is, people don't notice it. It's interesting. I'm glad you did. I, well, I, I am noticing. I'm, I'm very I'm concerned about these about things. I, do you know that I don't think there's a Democratic candidate that's, that stood up in Missouri to run against uh, whoever is going to take Roy Blunt's place and, 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 and the two people what do you that are not a Democrat. There's no Democrat that said they'll. I I'm keep waiting for someone to stand up. The only Democrat that McCaskill said anything go? is Claire McCaskill, who said no. She's far too happy. Oh, <laughs> too bad. Well, there aren't any Democrats. And you know, and the Republican, it's it's Greitens, who's yeah, who who was thrown out as governor. Right. Right. Sure. <laughs> Sexual blackmail and for uh, sexual blackmail and 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 for running a secret dark money thing and I I know he's horrifying and the Republicans are very upset that he's doing because they think maybe can't win but if not there's not even a Democrat uh, to be seen on the right yes that's right oh figure it's really you know there are certain places where. where the Civil War is ripe to start, and Missouri is one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I've told you that I, I witnessed full-dress Ku Klux, Ku Klux Klan meetings, you know, just happening in state parks as I was driving through Missouri years ago. Yeah. I mean, in, in, I mean, yeah. like 10, 15 years ago. Well, I got to tell you, um, uh, Western Pennsylvania and Central Pennsylvania are – are considered real hotbeds of this kind of uh, hate groups. And so, yeah, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Uh, Barbara's sending me something that she thought was funny, but it could be offensive. 
Well, that's right up our alley. <laughs> yeah, right. Let me see. What is this? Let's see. Funny. Oh, yeah, offensive. I saw that, too. I thought it was funny as hell. I thought it was funny as hell. I, I think I sent this to somebody. It's, um, well, it's a picture of the Pillsbury Doughboy saying Happy Easter. Yes. And, 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 and on top it says, he is risen. <laughs> and then there's the the Pillsbury Doughboy who all of a sudden has been flattened into matzah. Yes. And says, he is not. And happy Passover. I think it's very cute. I think it's very funny. A big thing about Passover is our, they, they, they ran out of Egypt so their bread didn't have a chance to rise. And so we have to eat that awful matzah. Um, and um, so. Oh, that reminds me be, I, that we're talking about matzah. Oh, because, I don't want to hear about matzah balls. Oh, I just, it'll take me 30 seconds. Not, honest, honest goodness. Right, I just yeah. want to tell you that for all of you people that grew up terrified of making matzah balls like I did, because I heard whispered conversations in the kitchen about how do you make them light and fluffy? You know, they're going to be hard and disgusting. Blah, 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 blah. So I thought there was something magical and mysterious about them. And I've only used the, what was in the Manischewitz or the whatever the other one is, little mixer things to make my matzo balls um, and felt vaguely guilty about that. Well, this year, for reasons uh, that don't need to go into, I tried real matzo balls and found out there's no secret. It's easy as can be. And I've been making them all along, just paying 10 times more for the little box. Yeah, a prepared matzo ball. Which was nothing. It's the same. It's, it's the exact same thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's my, that's my, my okay, all right. Passover story for the year. Just, okay, it's, true, it's a true. dumpling. Yeah. That's right. It's a dumpling. Um, and most people, some people like them sort of sink into the bottom and some people like them floating around easy and airy, but there are people who like, you know, the, yes, the, the, uh, the boulder sitting Heavier in the middle of your, uh, of your, right. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm just telling you, I, I actually see, to me, that's excitement to learn that something I spent my well, whole life terrified about was nothing. Okay, I'm not into it because it might seem incredible that I've reached, you know, the old age I am without and ever never thought about it. Never made a matzo ball in my I life. Know. You're a professional Seder goer. I'm a professional <laughs> Seder maker. <laughs> it's too much work. My God, it's just unbelievable how much work it is. Oh. God, poor Jewish women. All right. Okay. I think that's it. I have all this other stuff here, but I see we only have a minute left, and I'll be danged if I'm going to. I'll share with you two other quotes. Okay? Okay. And this is a good one to remember, actually, when you're, you know, when you're feeling sorry for yourself for some, you know, bad luck you had or something. This is from uh, Cormac McCarthy, the author. He says, you never know what worse luck your bad luck saved you from. Is that true? Of course. 
But we don't think of that. You're only thinking about, oh, God, woe is me. Look what happened. Well, it, 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 thing. Yeah, something worse could have happened. It's, it's, it's it, two things. It's why you never say. It can't get worse. It can't get worse. And and it's why the thing that you lost that you can't find is always in the last place you look. (laughs) Okay, one more. And this is true. It's absolutely true. We only have to like, actually, this is like emblematic of the last president. And he's a, he could, his picture could be on this quote. And the quote is from, Uh, a few centuries ago from Anthony Trollope. And here's what he said. Tony. Through Tony. Oh, yeah, everybody called him Tony. Tony Trollope. Throughout the world, the more wrong a person does, the more indignant he is at wrongs done to him. Mm -hmm. Isn't that true? Yeah, well, that's it. That's like a, that's the description of a bully. Well, that's right. That's right. Um, okay. okay well, I'll if we're doing truism, I'll, I'll leave you with one last truism. Okay. The sooner you start something, the longer it takes. The excuse me. Well, I'll I'm do not, it the I other way. The earlier, the earlier you start something, the longer it takes. The longer it takes. Okay. These are good. I want to just get in a few uh, emails. Ella writes, there's an attorney from Georgia, Christine Kohler, who will represent anyone who is arrested giving out food or water. And I I think what you are going to have is people, there'll be more people giving out food and water the next time. Well, that that whole law is going to a challenge. uh, Yeah, that's just bull. And then she says, happy Passover. And Ella, thank you for the lovely card you sent me. Thank you. And then she says this, and I, I have to tell you that this is the kind of sentence taken out of context that could, you know, make people scratch their heads. She says, rub your hands with oil and rub the little balls. <laughs> We're talking lots <laughs> of balls, people. <laughs> That's like my Which mother-in-law's. Your, your mother-in-law's well, Thanksgiving recipe. Right, right okay. the turkey recipe. Yeah, do it again. Okay, the turkey recipe is first you tie your legs together and then you rub your breasts with butter. First you tie your legs together and rub your breasts with butter. <laughs> so my sister my sister-in-law's every every Thanksgiving that start laughing hysterically when they take out the turkey. You you can't help it. It's you can't get the side the, <laughs> the sight of my mother-in-law tying her legs together and rubbing her breasts with butter. Breasts with butter. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, listen, we have gone beyond our scheduled time. Um, so uh, I'll see I'll see you and, and your family a little later. On, yeah, on I guess. Yes, right? I'm going to call you. So <laughs> it looks like, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get together to torture my brother on his seventy. Who, by the way, in anticipation of his seventieth seventy fifth birthday, got a migraine last night and still has it. <laughs> <laughs> we also must say 
that he also, for his 75th birthday, bought himself the biggest, hugest motorcycle you have ever seen. Well, but it's and smaller than his old it looks biggest like one. It like a rocket ship. It looks like a rocket. When I saw the picture, Susan, I thought, what? Let me tell you, an arthritic 75-year-old should not be motorcycling all over Kingdom Come. That's true, no but this one, he bought this one because it's got better suspension. So that he used to show up in Chicago after four hours on his motorcycle. Yeah. And he would literally be shaking for an hour shaking. and a half from the, from the, from the motorcycle's uh, vibrations. Right. He's nuts. Yes, he is. And he wants to give my son the old one. I said, why? <laughs> no, don't let him. He still has the old one? Yeah, because he promised it to my son. And I said, it's okay. Give him the new one. I'd rather have the new one when you die. <laughs> oh, dear God. I'll let Tawny handle this. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good idea. God almighty. Okay. Okay, well, goodbye, okay. everybody. Bye. I get to see my grandchildren today. Goodbye. I'm so excited. Yeah, bye. 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 And okay, you guys, be back tomorrow. At least I'm planning on it, and I hope you will too. Bye-bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host, and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.